What is going on, everybody? This is Jamie Shaw here on the Absolute Basketball Experience. And before we get into today's episode with Ty Young, Communications Director of Hoop Scene uh, and NCAA Certified Scout, um, I want to thank all of the frontline workers who are out uh, out there who are uh, on the front line of this coronavirus, still out there working, the grocery store workers, the uh, people who are in the restaurants, the people who are uh, at the doctor's office, the hospitals and stuff, still helping everybody, uh, the mail carriers, et cetera, et cetera. I uh, want to thank all of you guys for doing what you're doing. Please ask that you also, all y'all listening, please stay safe. Please make sure you wash your hands, social distancing with six feet, and, and be very careful with all this kind of stuff. Um, but before we get into it here, also ask um, the normal uh, please be sure to rate five stars, subscribe to the podcast, and give us a, a positive review of what you like. Um, but without further ado, here is Ty Young, Hoop Scene Communications Director on the Absolute Basketball Experience with Jamie Shaw. Thank you guys very much. What is going on, everybody? This is Jamie Shaw here on the Absolute Basketball Experience. Uh, very excited about today's uh, guest. We have Communications Manager for Hoop Scene, Ty Young, on the show today. Ty, how you doing? I'm doing good, man. How are you? I'm doing very well. I appreciate it. Trying to uh, trying to understand, uh, carve out a little something here for this during this uh, quarantine time, this pandemic time, trying to just no figure question. it out day by day. No question, man. I I feel like I have a routine and then um, another moment I'm like, what's the point? I'm just, we're all just trying to stay sane. No, no question. No question. Yeah. It's, no it's like you sit here, you, you never realize how much time you have until you sit there and try to put it all in you know, in a day's time and then other stuff keeps popping up and it's, you know, just, it's just madness. No question. If we're fortunate, you know, I try to keep that in mind and just say, I'll never have, hopefully never have this much time on my hands again. No and question. And try to just make the most of it, you know, so. No question. I get it. I get it. Um, so uh, for the listeners today, Ty and I, we're going to go over um, a little bit about the one-time transfer rule that that's going to go uh, before the NCAA next month. We're going to talk a little bit. Um, about 2021 prospects and how you're able to, um, you know, utilize this, this quarantine uh, to your advantage to help yourself get recruited. Uh, we're going to talk a little bit about scouting services, recruiting services, and, and, and how uh, they fall in line uh, in today's recruiting world. And then we'll go over um, events, you know, the event, what the event space looks like moving forward and everything. But before we get into it, guys, we ask that you please Go ahead and subscribe to this channel if you could give us uh, a five-star rating and comment uh, what you liked about uh, everything that was said, what you like about what Ty was saying, and, and any questions that you might have for the future. That would be, uh, that would be great. Um, but, Ty, let's go ahead and jump on in. Uh, before we get started, real quick, everything that's on everybody in the basketball world's mind, the Jordan documentary, um, yeah. I'm sure you've been uh, tuned in just as I have. What have for you been sure. thought so far? For sure. Well, for me, man, it's, it's been great. Uh, I was born in 90, so I kind of caught the tail end of the majority of the things that were happening. So just see everybody's story unfold, whether it be, you know, Jordan or the relationship in the, between, you know, him in the front office or Pip and Rodman. Um, you know, it's been – it's just been – it's given me a ton of insight into those guys that I didn't have. And, and it's been great, man. It's, it's well needed. It's a time where we don't have any, any balls bouncing. So I'm, I'm dialed in every night when Sunday rolls around. No doubt. I, I think that's kind of genius timing of it all is the fact sure. that, you know, for, for five weeks straight, we're going to have everybody. It's probably the highest rated show uh, ESPN's had in a while that's non, like not an actual game. Right. Um, you know, because everybody's going to be tied in watching, and it's so intriguing because it's stuff that, you know, you thought everybody know, knew about. 
mm-hmm. right on the time that everybody's talking is Jordan or Kobe or LeBron right. or whomever is the greatest. Right. Everybody thought they knew the story, but it's still some behind the scenes stuff that, that's telling stories of so far they've told the secondary stories of, you know, the right. Pippins and the Robins and the Phil Jacksons of the world and stuff. And it's new insight, you know, mm-hmm. 20 years later or whatever, it's new insight. That's what it is. That's what it is. And what I'm looking forward to is as I'm on Twitter watching the show like everybody else, you'll see some type of announcement of, hey, they filmed such and such year of Kobe. And then you'll see something of LeBron. And so even the guys that might have done it themselves already, but just the new ideas of uh, some of the players of today, the Giannis and Curry or whoever else, Mm -hmm. really taking this concept and running with it for themselves down the line too. So I'm excited for it. Well, I'll tell you, too, what's, what's pretty wild is, you know, even having people follow you day by day in these days, Curry, Giannis, and all that kind of stuff, it's not that uncommon. But to have the yeah. foresight in 1998 to have cameras, Crazy. unlimited access of cameras anywhere, that's almost unprecedented. No doubt. No doubt. Yeah, they, they did a good job of looking ahead, man. That's just great, great insight. Yeah. Um, so let's go ahead and jump back in mm. uh, to the topics at hand. Um Starting off with this one-time transfer rule in May, the NCAA is going to meet, uh, and one of the items that's going to be on the agenda is the one-time transfer rule, which will allow any college player to transfer one time without the penalty of a sit-out year. Um, with the likelihood that this will pass uh, either this year or next, mm-hmm. how do you think this will affect the college basketball landscape? Uh, a ton, I think. You know, At least starting from a, a coach's perspective, I think one of the most important things that as a staff you're going to have to talk about daily is um, the mental capacity or emotions of your players on any given day, how they're feeling, uh, how they're reacting to different things. I think roster management is going to be probably the most used term from here on out in the near future. Um, You know, you have to be aware of what your guys are thinking, have to be aware of what their parents are, are former coaches may be thinking as much as possible um, because it's, it's never fun to have to do a complete roster overhaul. Um, no, nobody wants to spend their offseason having to replace six or seven guys every year. Um, so, so yeah, I think some of that is going to happen naturally like it, like it is already. Guys are going to leave whether they be unhappy or they just feel like they've outplayed their current situation, whatever the re- – or the coach ran them off, whatever the case may be. Um, but I do think it's going to cause – a, a lot more overturn than what we're seeing. And then obviously I think uh, some schools, truth in the matter, I think they're going to turn into feeder programs for other schools. Yeah. I, I can see some of that happening. Um, there are some coaches who probably now, even as they're going through the handshake line, make sure that they, you know, get in tight with another guy that they may have recruited and they just lost. Now mm-hmm. it's, there's actually, you can actually have the conversation of, hey, you could potentially play with us next year. You know, no questions asked. Mm-hmm. So from the from the from a team standpoint, that's how I think it'll affect things. From a player standpoint, um again, I think there's pros and cons to it. I think sometimes um, you know, a player ends up going to a school, it might have been his one and only option. Truth of the matter is he wasn't in love with it. He he went because, you know, obviously one offer is better than none. Mm-hmm. And he gets there and he outperforms what he thought he should do, whatever the case may be. And he wants a, another challenge. You know, I, I know I've done that. You've done that. that. That's just something that regardless of basketball um, happens on a, on a daily basis. I also think on the, the con side, obviously, you're going to have those players that the first sign of adversity 
uh, maybe I should have committed to this other school in the first place. And so now I can just jump ship with no kind of, um, no kind of strings attached, I guess. So it's definitely going to shake things up. I mean, this is going to turn, uh, you know, college basketball was already wild enough. I think it's yeah. definitely going to be the wild, wild west. No doubt. I think something that's going to be very interesting to see is kind of, you know, you mentioned the roster management. I think the recruiting strategy of schools will be interesting too, because this is going to be a, a one-time deal. So, mm -hmm. you, you know, you may see some more low to mid-major schools move away from, you know, the, uh, the high school prospects and Good stuff yeah. and only recruit guys who, who are transfers. Yeah. Because then that kind of locks them into their roster for no you know, a couple of years or however long it may be without yeah. penalty. Um, you know, and then that kind of – that may possibly leave a huge void, you know, because already everybody's already talking about we got to get older. we got to get older. I want older kids. One thousand percent, yeah. Um, you know, but now it's, it's kind of one of those things as to what is the incentive at this point in time for a low to mid-major school to recruit a high school kid, you know, because obviously they're all going to recruit above their level because that's right. how you win at that level. Right. And if those kids come in and perform above their level, then they're just going to be off to greener pastures with, with whatever right. school it may be. Yeah. Um, it'll be interesting to see how these coaches adapt to the recruiting strategy of, of, of this ruling mm -hmm. um, and, and how it affects kind of a ripple down effect to the high school seniors. Right. Um, you know, and will, and will then in turn, the JUCO ranks take a big, big jump. Yep. Making, you know, kids going as, as qualifiers, even though right. they lose that year, will they take a big jump and do that or prep schools? Right. Yeah, um, absolutely. You know, in, in the Southeast, uh, I guess the more Vogue thing might be reclassifying mm -hmm. um, to, to have your fifth year, but you could see some legitimate prep schools popping up and, and having great absolutely. success. Absolutely. I think you hit it on the head. I think the guys that, that kind of missed the boat are your high school guys. Now, maybe not your, etra, you know, upper echelon or your, even your second tier guys. But again, if, if you're a, a low, especially a low major, uh, maybe that's not the route that you even want to consider you anymore. You know, unless you have a guy that's just, you know, has loved you since his junior year, whatever the case may be, there's strong ties there. But like you said, every, every coach for the most part now wants to get older. Mm -hmm. And that was before they ultimately had their their hand forced by this rule. So I, I think you hit it on the head. Yeah, it's going to be interesting to see because it, it sounds like it's something that's definitely going to happen now as to whether or not it's going to be this current season or right. next. Right. Um, if it passes this season, if we, yeah. thought, if we thought the floodgates were open with 815 people in the transfer portal now, if they pass that thing next May, that thing's going to be just open wide up. No question. No question. <laughs> um, so it'll be interesting to see how how everybody responds and play because you know you, you got to be proactive and everybody's got to be creative in their own recruiting and how do you differentiate? Yeah. So it'll be interesting to see how they do that. Yeah. Um, moving on, uh, you know, it's no secret we're in the middle of a pandemic right now uh, mm -hmm. with quarantine kind of in full effect. Uh, I wanted to ask you, how can twenty twenty one prospects, you know, the, the the current junior rising senior class, how can they best position themselves to be recruiting without having basketball going on currently? Well, I, I'd start with the sheer basics. And I think what I'm about to say holds true for now. It holds true for when, you know, eventually return to some type of normalcy mm -hmm. is, you know, make sure that your social media accounts, Facebook, Twitter, IG, whatever, if you're serious about being noticed, there's a thousand times I'll click on somebody's highlight tape. I love what I'm seeing. They may have followed me and I just randomly clicked on it. I have no no clue who they play for right so obviously put your class in your in your in your bio put um 
you know, what travel team you play for. Put your high school team, obviously, in your bio. Mm -hmm. I've seen some guys go as far as put their phone number or coach's number. Hey, you know, have at it. Yeah. Uh, more information, the better. So so those are, are pure basics before we even get into quarantine, you know, type specifics. I think this is a great time, not only just in regards to, you know, getting better as a player, is talk to your high school coach and exchange some film. Mm -hmm. I look at coaches and say, hey, you know, are there three or four games that you felt like I really played well in that will reflect um, who I am as a, as a prospect? Get those films from, from the coach. And then obviously you want to watch them yourself. I would even say try to watch them with the coach, whether it be Zoom or whatever the case may be. And then just have those games readily available uh, or even send them out yourself to, uh, to appropriate levels, right? Mm -hmm. I, I think, and that's where – uh, things get tricky again because I know you've probably been sent a thousand different highlights or full games, whatever the case may be, and the filtering process on that alone mm -hmm. is difficult. Yeah. You know, oftentimes I end up watching a game when I know who's sending it or I've requested it, let alone all the random ones. So, yeah. again, as a prospect, I would immediately send it to anybody that's either shown me even the slightest bit of interest uh, all the way up to guys that have um, – coaches that have extended me offer and, yeah. and that would be my process to start I um yeah it's funny so I don't really even watch film typically if somebody sends me something like a film or something like that I will yeah. immediately ask somebody that I know who's a scout or a coach in that area so yeah. it's like if they're from New York or if they're from yeah. out, out eastern North Carolina I'll call immediately a coach or somebody in that area and say is this kid any good yeah what do, you do and then I'll kind of go word them out that way mm. I um I, I I'm just a huge sucker for seeing a kid in person. Oh, no question. Like, I, I, I think there's nothing ever that will ever be – and obviously that's hard to do. You can only be in one place at one time. But right. I just – you know, take, take somebody's word for it and then go put it on my schedule to go watch the person, all that kind of yeah, stuff. But I, might, I might go watch some highlight clips and all that kind of stuff here mm -hmm. and there. Um, but nothing beats in person. Oh, you're right. Absolutely. But, but I think without question, college coaches watch highlight film. I know that for a fact that that's all they talk about. I think you hit the nail on the head with the social media stuff. Mm -hmm. I think if you're a prospect, I think pinning your highlight film at the top right of your page, to put, put it on the top, have it, you know, whatever the case. And just like you said, I, I think the social media accounts also, you know, it shouldn't be like hot stun of 24. It should be like Ty Young. Your name. Just keep it simple, man. Yeah. yeah. No so, so, so a coach can type in Ty Young. Mm -hmm. right there on top Ty Young and then like you said six foot four you know 2021 20, prospect you know some right. people like you said even put like GPAs in there and all that kind of stuff that have that look. written yeah. out and as easy as possible at the top so you click on all that and also right. I think being aware of your social media is very important too yeah. uh, because just as much as that can be an, an aid it can be a hindrance as well absolutely people can see your likes people yeah. can see who you follow people can see all that kind of stuff Mm -hmm. um, you know, and, and when you're investing, you know, hundreds of thousands of dollars into your culture and your locker room, yeah. um, something as small as that could also possibly turn somebody off. Um, right. But I think also, too, with social media, I think something that these kids need to understand is it is okay to self-promote. Yeah. Not, not to a certain extent, I'm best in the world, but say, right. here are my highlights. Yeah. Put it together. Put together your own highlight films or whatever the case, or pay somebody 25, 50 bucks to put one together right, for you absolutely. and promote it. Promote yeah. your stats. Right. Promote what you did last season. Like, mm -hmm. talk about that stuff. Because if you don't do it, 
who else is going to? I mean, you, you've got to be your own biggest advocate here and not expect anybody else because the people that say, if you're good, they'll come, is not necessarily true yeah. because you have to make sure that the right people know who you are. No question. I mean, think about Georgia and North Carolina. Those are two states by themselves that produce a ton of prospects every year. And, you know, I, I told kids, especially in my first year, of like, listen, I'm not going to see everybody um, to start out. And so before I get around to watching your game, if you have 25 points, you have 25 points. That requires no type of evaluation, opinion. That's a straight fact. Yep. Send that to me or put it out yourself, and hopefully I'll receive it and retweet it, whatever. Um, there is a thin line, obviously. You don't want to be known as that guy who is constantly promoting that he's he had eight points and four yeah, assists. No like, okay, yeah. that's great. But, you know, um, but, yeah, no, you're right, man. You have to put yourself in a situation to be seen um, and, and get some momentum behind your name because mm-hmm. everybody has a Twitter account. Everybody plays basketball. And you have to do something to separate yourself both, you know, on and off the court. And I right. think to, to, I was just talking uh, on one of my recent uh, podcasts to Coach Andre Gray at mm-hmm. UNC Greensboro. Oh, yeah. and he brought up a great point, too. Uh, within these highlight films, everybody's got a reputation. So are mm-hmm. you an athlete? Are you a defender? Are you a shooter? Whatever the case may be. Accentuate that within your highlight film. For if sure. you're supposed to be a shooter – don't want to see you taking the ball off the bounce, touching the paint, kicking it out. You know, no, don't definitely. want to see that stuff. If you're supposed to be a shooter, let's see, let's see some shots. Let's see what that jump right. shot looks like. No and then filter it in from there. So mm-hmm. kind of lean into your reputation when you're putting these things together because there is some construct within, because within a highlight, within a highlight tape, if you have a three-minute highlight tape on YouTube, people are really only gonna watch about a minute of it. If that no question. J- no just question. like just like with the little uh, social media snippets, if it's two minutes or whatever the case, people will probably mm-hmm. only watch about 30 seconds. You no have doubt. to really captivate what you're doing at that beginning. You have to. To make it go from 30 seconds, okay, well, 45 seconds and 45 seconds, okay, to a minute. Really right. lean into what you are as a player, right? What right. you have in your bag that will translate to the next level and yeah. really accentuate that. No, you're right. And and I think there's a common there's a common misperception between a highlight tape that I want a coach to watch mm-hmm. versus something that just looks cool for, you know, my guy or, or whoever else to, to watch it. There's a lot of tapes that by the time I get to like the 15 second mark, I'm like, all right, I'm not next I'm finishing this. It's yeah. chopped up. It's over edited there. He hasn't dribbled a basketball once. And it's just like, that's not, that's not what gets you scholarships. It looks cool. Don't get me wrong. If I could play a lick, I would have had one. But yeah. it was nothing for it. No question. So no, you're I think right. I saw you tweet. I think I saw you tweet a couple of weeks ago about. It. I just watched 15 seconds of video, and I, I I seen the guy's shoes. I've seen him walk across the court. Yeah, I've seen him do all this. I still ain't seen him dribble a ball once. Yeah, I have no clue what you can do, and it's 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 a waste of time, and this is it's a turnoff, is what it is. Yeah. So so now you're right. You got to do something, man, to separate yourself to get guys' attention quickly, because there's a thousand other players. You know, particularly, again, if you're talking low to mid-majors, a lot of times that separation between you and other guys is, is very slim. So you have to stand out. And, and two other points I think you brought up, too. I want to I hit on this one first, and I'll jump on the mm-hmm. second one later, is, you know, in the state of North Carolina alone, there's 18 Division One schools, 18 mm-hmm. Division Two schools. That's 36 full scholarship schools within the state of North Carolina. Right. This year, I believe we're at 56 players who have signed Division One or going to Division yeah. One in, in North Carolina. I think we have about 23 or 24 division two but the question is how do you differentiate yourself like 
if we have 60 players every year going division one with 18 schools in the state or whatever, and some of the best division two schools, I mean, Lincoln Memorial, you very well know, uh, Queens university. I mean, you know, great, you know, great, great spots. How do you differentiate yourself between these other kids? You have to make sure that you're, that you're known and then that you're putting it out there. You know, you can't rely on these other people to do so. You have to make sure that you're the one putting it out there. You're the one doing all that stuff so that these coaches, when an assistant coach comes up, you know, to the head coach and say, hey, I got this guy out east who's doing this. Oh, I've heard his name before. And then you're already a leg up as opposed to, you know, an assistant coach coming to say to the head coach, oh, well, you know, I've never heard his name before and and starting from scratch with the whole deal. Right, absolutely. Um, Absolutely. Question to you as well, coming from as a former coach and all that kind of stuff. What are your thoughts on, on, on the players being proactive in emailing or contacting coaching staffs directly? I don't, I don't think there's anything wrong with it. I think you have to be, for one, realistic um, about who you're sending it to right off the jump. Um, you want to – anything you send out, you want it to be as personalized as possible. I know that could be time-consuming. I get it. Um, but coaches get those things – they get a ton of them on a daily basis. And I got them at the division two level. Mm -hmm. I imagine it's higher at um, some other places. Mm -hmm. So um, I don't think it's anything wrong with it. I think you need to be realistic about your expectations. Chances are they're going to get responded to. Maybe not. Like I I think those chances are very slim, Um, but occasionally you may take a name away or two that you didn't have. Um, But as far as being proactive, I don't think it hurts. I think you need to be realistic and know that um, that may be that that's probably not going to be the driving factor to get you where you need to go. Yeah, that's my thought on that. Yeah, because you know during this time or whatever the case, it's kind of one of those things. It's where you need to lean into the people that you know and who they know. So if you have a high school coach, hey, uh, could you please put yeah. out this this stuff for me? You know, and make sure make sure again that you have highlight films, that you have game film, that you have transcripts yeah. if if they have that, that they that you have your name, your stats, your record, all that's that kind true. of stuff in there. And, and kind of put that together a ready-made thing to where, yeah. you know, you send it to this coach and they don't have to do any work on it. Cause it's right. like, it's like, Hey, I want to play for your school. And then it's like, Oh God. So now, now I have to research this homework. whole thing, you know, yeah. just make it very, as easy for them as possible. For sure. Um, and also too, uh, you know, personalize everything, make sure that it's, it's all that kind of stuff. I, you know, I, I don't, I don't see a problem at all in being proactive within the, within the whole thing, reaching out, uh, sending out, you know, ready-made. And I think this time is worth being very introspective as well. I think you brought up a great point with the fact as to yeah. how good am I really? Not everybody's yeah. doing good. You know, yeah. so, you know, most people probably wasting time sending something to Duke. No but doubt. Even, even shooting emails out to people that are lower than you. Like, okay, mm-hmm. I'm, I'm a good mid-major player. Okay. I have that well, idea, yeah. Well, let's go ahead and get some low majors recruiting me because right. all of a sudden – what we're all doing right now is we're scrolling through verbal commits, all this mm. kind of stuff. If we see Ty Young every other day getting an offer or right. whatever the case, regardless if it's from the MEAC or the SOCON or whatever the case, mm-hmm. schools above that level will start looking, hmm, okay, well, for sure. Looking. Let me look yeah. into that kid and stuff, all that. So it may even be beneficial to maybe even undershoot where you're at and get mm-hmm. some traction going with your name and then build up to kind of where you're going. Any there. momentum, I think, is, is great right now. Yeah. Um, I think you said you said something else I want to touch on, which was who's advocating for you. Yep. I think that was important. You know, and I think about travel teams especially. Um, I think that's a big factor for who you should decide to play with. There's other things like playing time and that type of stuff. 
but I think having the ability to uh, – you may not have suited up with this coach yet, obviously, because there's no basketball. But that same coach having con- uh, connections with college coaches um, and those guys trusting his word, that in itself can take something as simple as your highlight tape now being moved to the top. Yeah. As a priority guy to, to at least check in on. Um, and so whether it be your high school coach or, or travel coach, um, really lean on those guys the same way you would have had we been playing playing right now. Mm-hmm. Those guys are in constant, you know, the good ones are in really good contact with guys like me, you, you, and obviously those those college coaches. Yeah, no doubt. And, and that's kind of a big reason as to how you're still having high school kids during this time with no basketball having been played in the last six weeks. Yeah. Still getting offers. Still getting offers, no doubt. It's because trusted sources are giving them the right information, game film and all that kind of stuff, and it's still moving forward. Yeah. Um, so I guess that brings us to a great topic next as to the scouting services and all mm-hmm. that kind of stuff. Um, there's a lot of stuff I kind of want to dive into here, and we'll see how the conversation goes as to which direction it goes into. Um, but I guess we'll start off with a generic overall question. Uh, what type of impact do you feel that scouting services have uh, with last year's shortened season and this year's current pandemic of not playing? Well, as far as last year's season, um, obviously I thought it was huge that, at least from my from my chair, you could – see prospects, you know, maybe two or three times uh, before a college coach stepped foot into the gym. Mm -hmm. And so obviously with that, it gave me the ability to watch a player multiple times and see some of his ups, see some of his downs, see if he was consistent. Um, And and then from there, I'm able to kind of formulate an evaluation, put something together, and then coaches aren't walking into a gym completely blind. Yeah. are unaware of who they should be watching. I mean, you know, like I know those three days in the evaluation period can go by. They're, they're a blur. Uh, and so those coaches that, have, that are coming in blind and, and, and going fishing, so to speak, mm-hmm. uh, they can waste time just going from court to court not knowing what to look for. Yeah. Those guys that come in with some uh, preparedness or some um, awareness of who they should be looking at, those guys typically stay ahead of the curve. Mm-hmm. So, So I thought – um, how you played last year in a non-live period event was just as important, if not more so, than you played in front of coaches. Because yeah. it's, it's easy to get up for, for games when a coach, you know, 10 coaches are sitting there watching. Mm-hmm. That If you can't get up for that, then you, you shouldn't be out there. Um, so that's how I thought it, it impacted. As far as this year, man, I think, uh, again, at our jobs, we we had to often look classes ahead several classes ahead at that more so than primarily your low to mid-major guys you know some of those guys are still fishing finishing up 2020 let alone taking the chance to get into 2021 and i'm sure you know guys like yourself you know guys 2022 23 maybe some 24s Mm -hmm. so um this doesn't affect guys like me and you as much as it would because we don't have any scholarships to give we don't have any roster needs or whatever all we know are, are names and so that's why I think um, this year is even more important in regards to the ways that we can help both kids and, and schools. Mm-hmm. I think uh, – so before we kind of dive in, because you hit a couple things there I wanted to expand on a little bit. Before mm-hmm. we dive in, I want, I want you to explain, you know, having been one now and then also 
you know, having been on the coaching side as well, the NCAA scouting certification process, legitimate scouts and all that kind of stuff. What's the process that you and I both had to go through in order to become a scout? And, 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 and you know, what is the difference between a legitimate NCAA certified scout and then, you know, a reporter on the street who just watches games and, and you know, so, so, uh, you know, somebody who's not necessarily there? Yeah, that's a good question. Um, I think for one, instantly I'm going to say the communication from that person that watches the game, if they then choose to communicate that with the college coach. Right. So it's, if I'm a reporter for a newspaper or, or whatever the case may be, um, I can watch a game, type up some box scores, whatever the case may be, a, a game recap, maybe even talk to the kid and then keep that information and not relate it to anybody or just relate it to whatever publication I work for. And that'd be the end of it. Um, for scouting services, you often find yourself doing the same thing two or three times. You may create some type of social media post then you may create a story uh, soon after. Then you have to go back and formulate an evaluation on top of that to send to two guys to subscribe to. So um, that to me is going to be the, the primary difference. As far as the process, I'll, I'll be honest with you, one of the, the things that drives me <laughs> crazy is when I hop on Twitter and I see we're now NCAA certified, whatever the verbiage is. It's like, man, it takes all of – five minutes it, it, it takes nothing in, in regards to getting um getting certified that you know they can approve deny you whatever the case may be but it's an easy process um i think truthfully this business does a good job of weeding out who's serious or who's credible or who does a good job versus who's who's just here yeah and i think too um i guess kind of expanding upon that too earlier you brought up non-live period events being just as important as the live period events. Mm. I think expanding upon that um, in a thought process is like you have, let's say, the head coach of, you know, Kennesaw State come to watch you play. Obviously, the head coach, they have scholarships in hand and they, they have the power to give them out. But that's Kennesaw State University. Mm -hmm. You go watch Ty, Ty Young sitting there watching you play. He, he all of a sudden represents 100, 200 schools. Right. Right. Because every time that you watch a player play, if mm -hmm. he's good – you're going to write him up in your report. You're going to say he's a low major, mid major, high major, whatever he is, D2. And then every single school who subscribes, all 100, 200, however many it is that subscribe to your service, are going to see that little little Timmy is right. a mid major prospect. Here's right. all his information, and then you get in touch with him. Yeah. I think that's a lot of the stuff that we do, you and I both, and all the other scouts out there who are, you know, credible and, and serviceable and stuff. Right. Everything that we do is behind the scenes. Yeah. Sure, we, sure, we might give a, a, a tweet out. Sure, right. we might write an article about it and all that kind of stuff. Right. But, for, but for every one tweet, for every one article, there's oh, 50 other people yeah. that we write about and talk about. And, no and I'm sure yours, just like mine, you know, getting 10, 15, 20 college coaches on a given day mm -hmm. asking about, hey, this kid, that kid, this kid. You know, and especially the, the day after you put a uh, report out, those right. next three days, you better as well, you'll have no social life. Right. Or, or yeah, you no got to turn your phone off because the yeah, coaches are going to be calling like crazy. Oh, this is a no, new, no, I don't know this kid. Tell me about this kid. What's he do? Right. Et cetera, et cetera. Yeah, um, no, you're right. You know, so I, I think that just because some people are, you know, on social media, ton talking about kids or some people writing articles, you know, we, we get an article for all these kids and everything right. and that. Right. Th that doesn't necessarily show the amount of work put in that goes behind the scenes. It's insane. Um, 
Yeah, yeah, because, you know, you with Hoopsie, and y'all have some of the biggest events in the Southeast and stuff. After every single event, I'm sure that you would you would watch, you know, over 100 teams right. that come through. And at yeah. least one kid, most most of the time, one kid on every team at least goes on to a report. Right. You know, then you put put the process together of a 100-kid report, yeah, levels and all that stuff. Oh, for sure. And and nobody knows that you did that except for the schools who subscribe to your service. Nobody knows. And that's the part that, to a degree, just being true, it can get frustrating to a degree as far as, people not understanding that side of it. But I also understand that, you know, it's just something that's not talked about and and and, and that's fine. Mm-hmm. Um, but just the level of gathering so much information. Um, and, and then obviously I was joking with somebody the other day, um, just the challenging, the challenges of it. You know, I know coaches and, and media both ask the question of, you know, who's offered mm-hmm. or who's, who's in, uh, you know, interested. I think from our perspective, um, we have to know that information yeah. all while not letting it influence what we've, what we've just watched. Mm-hmm. Um, so, but no, you're right. That's, that's a part of the game that isn't talked about enough. Um, and it helped me out a ton when I coach, mm-hmm. you know, getting different services. Yeah, no, no question too. And I, you know, and it's also, I don't think people realize, you know, it's an NCAA violation if, if you know, schools talk to people who aren't NCAA certified about specific mm-hmm. kids and all that kind of stuff. And, you know, I don't think they realize all this kind of stuff. Now these college coaches, they're going to try to get everything they can for free. Oh, for sure. <laughs> for sure. No, nah, man, I got that check in the mail. Come on, man. Tell me about this kid. Yeah. <laughs> but, um, you know, but that, 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 that's the information for sure. Oh, no question. And, you know, that's kind of something too, is to, you know, th- there is a fine line between scouting services and scouts and stuff for the yeah. amount of amount of information you make public yeah. and the amount that you don't, because then all of a sudden, you know, this is this is a source of income for us. This is you how you can devalue yourself. Yeah, without question, or right. even yeah, devalue yourself, or even make yourself you know obsolete. It's like if I if I give everything for free, why am no I going to pay whatever his service cost is? No doubt. Just, you know, give it out. You know, so there, there's a whole lot of stuff there. There's a whole lot of stuff that people don't necessarily understand that goes on within the scouting game and the scouting service. Just because yep. somebody's the loudest on on Twitter or somebody's you know always right. got awesome social media videos going up on Instagram or, you know, they have articles going up every day and all that kind of stuff. It doesn't necessarily mean that one, they're the most trusted talk to person within the region. Um, And two, you know, this other person who doesn't have that much public stuff going on Mm -hmm. isn't maybe even more so um, networked within coaches um, and all that kind of stuff too. Right. No, you're absolutely right. I I think you've got to be, you know, obviously, you know, running events and all that stuff, you, you have to do what's in the best interest of the players. And, and that's give coaches the information of, you know, guys to watch and, and all that good stuff. But the truth of the matter is I, I tell people all the time, like, man, if I was a, if I became a veterinarian tomorrow, chances are a lot of the people I talk to on a daily basis, I would never hear from again. No question. Right? And, and the reason I do, and don't get me wrong, someone I'm close with and, and so on and so forth, but the truth is, um, I, you know, I can help. Mm-hmm. And, and the way I can help is through evaluations or just knowing who's involved with recruitment or whatever the case may be. Um, but, but you, I think the second part of your first question was um, from a coach's standpoint, how did it impact me, I guess? And crazy enough, I think the obvious answer is how it helped me was if I saw a player that I liked and I wanted hopefully someone else to validate that even more, whether it be for me or whether it be just going to my head coach with it is, you know, Jamie Shaw sends out what he thinks about the kid. 
I'm at Lincoln Memorial, but he has, you know, like you said, you always want to recruit a level above. Yeah. He has low major, low major plus. Perfect. Taking that to church. You know, whoever the, my boss is at the time. So that's yeah. that's where it helps me. And then obviously if, you know, if I love a player and you completely write them off, I have to look at that and obviously take it in. Mm-hmm. But I also have to just, you know, there's sometimes you you go with that. Maybe you're right. And then there's sometimes, obviously, I just have to trust what I see. Yeah. Um, I, I think, crazy enough, what I always found myself doing was um, I remember the first time I watched Christian Brown, mm-hmm. right? And it, and it was like, I, there's no chance I'm ever going to be able to recruit Christian Brown. But I know I'm friends with some guys who might. And this was maybe his sophomore junior year before mm-hmm. things really, really exploded. And so there's that trickle-down effect of you may be talking to one of your friends, um, your coaching friends, and you say, hey, this kid over here is, is good enough for you guys. You may want to check him out. So, again, there's, there's all that type of stuff that, that really isn't talked about. But it, it, keeps, it keeps things fluid. And I think, too, you hit the nail on the head, too. And this is a great transition point going over to our next topic, but it kind of ties both in together. Um, you were talking about the event, person running the event, knowing the players and all that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. I think that's I think that's exactly right. I, I think I think that behooves every event person to know the teams that are coming to his event. Right. Also, in the same, um, you know, when I when I ran events and all that kind of stuff, a, a big thing that I would say would tell coaches was you want to go to these places that the, the event runners know who you are. No question. B- because you, you know you as you as an event person running them and all that kind of stuff. Every single coach after they pay for the packet, they walk over to whoever it is running the event, mm-hmm. and they say, "Who do I need to be watching?" Well, what are you looking for? I'm going to tell them the 1, people 000%. I know. One thousand percent. I'm not going to say somebody who whom I've never seen before, whom I don't know, or all that kind of stuff. I'm going to sit there and say the people that I know and feel comfortable about, because again, at the end of the day, this is my credibility. These yeah. are my friends. These are people that I talk to. So I'm not going to sit here and say, "Oh, well, this kid's coming in from Arizona and he does this and this and this," if I don't know that. For so, sure. I, I think that's. I think that goes both ways. You know, the event, the event person running running it needs to do their due diligence and know as many of the kids coming. But also, mm-hmm. the people who are going attending the events, the teams need to do their research and be like, okay, do they know my kids here? Because it makes no sense to travel to an event where they don't know your kids and they're not going to be promoting your kids. Sure, college coaches are going to be recruiting you wherever you go, right. whatever the case. But right. it helps that the the, the event organizers know who your kids are because the first thing that they ask is they walk up to the event organizers and say who do I need to watch mm-hmm. well, on court two at 1220 you need to go watch this kid right on court three you need to watch this kid because he's a perfect fit he's got this this and this and all that kind of stuff and then and then you'll see that you know the coaches will be lined up on those courts right no I agree I mean you know I've, I've stressed to a lot of people especially um you know, with hoops, and as we continue to grow, there's a lot of teams that come in from from out of area, mm-hmm. and for a lot of period, it may be their first time uh, with us the whole year, mm-hmm. and so kind of to to curve that, uh, to curve not knowing them, I guess a lot of that comes down to tell me about two or three of your better guys, mm-hmm. and um, send over some some tapes just for me to have on hand, or even get a chance to watch them, or whatever the case may be let's do anything that we can now um, to make me more familiar with their guys. Yeah. And obviously that's, that's harder to do from somebody from New York as opposed to Florida, for instance. Yeah. But, but no, you're right. Uh, I, I tell people all the time, like, listen, um, we're going to put you in the best situation possible, but there's nothing like you playing with us in March yeah. if you're going to play with us in the lottery in April. 
exactly. there's nothing like playing with us in May if you're going to play with us in July. Yep. It's just that's just how it works. No, yeah, no question. And you know, I think that's something that that, that you know falls. The question they always ask: is How many coaches are going to be there? It's like, well, it doesn't matter if any coaches are there. If they ain't watching you. It, yeah, it, it don't no matter. No, <laughs> um, no. You know, that's, that, that's one of my favorite questions for a number of reasons. Yeah, yeah. yeah. You know, it is what it is. Yeah. Um, moving on, I guess, from the the scouting side of things to the event side of things, mm-hmm. um, we're shut down right now. Events yeah. events can't be run. You can't have more than what six people in one location um, throughout the country high. and everything. Yeah. What impact do you think this is going to have on events moving forward? I think it's huge, man. I think you know, obviously, even right now and and on into the near future, being a, a month or two from now, is just trying to stay current with um, whatever information is coming out on a daily basis, and this seems to change pretty fluidly. Fluid. Um, and so, so you just want to make sure that you're keeping your facilities clean, that you're you're stressing. Um, you know, cleanliness for yourself and and equipment and and this is and don't get me wrong, I, you know, I'm I'm not delusional to think that we're going to have challenges that you know golf or tennis is two completely different routes. I, but I do think that you can practice things in a safe way um, that kind of fits in lines with the CDC guidelines or or whatever else is laid out for you. But no, it's going to be interesting. I mean, internally. We've talked about a thousand different ideas, some great, some just completely off the wall. It, but it's time that we, we try to put some, some different measures in place. Yeah, because this time, you know, this really hurts the bottom line. You know, the, these, yeah. the, the summer times are the, are the money makers, I guess, for event sure. companies yeah. and all that kind of stuff and, and all that kind of. What are you hearing? Do you think things will be getting back, you know, to being played? You know, I don't know, man. I, you know, we're – I'm optimistic for uh, the summer. Now, mm-hmm. if you ask me what that optimistic is, me being optimistic is based on it. I'm just going to say me me trying to be as positive uh, about yeah. this as possible because, again, you know, you're, you're tracking a virus that it seems like those in charge don't always have a grasp of it, let alone, let alone me. Um, mm-hmm. So, again, this is one of those things where we try to plan. We try to have a plan in place for – we get the okay, all things clear, here's what we can implement today, and then obviously be fluid enough to where we can adjust different things. Um, um, but as of right now, man, you know, we're eyeing a June start, but it's all with just keeping in mind doing what's best for, uh, you know, the community. Absolutely. And I know Georgia's kind of ahead of the curve a little bit and starting things back going and all that kind of stuff. So I, I don't want to say they're the guinea pigs, but they're, you know, they're, they're a little more ahead than especially North Carolina is and all that kind of stuff. Um, right. I think it's going to be interesting, too, with there being not a universal guy, every state, every even local municipality for themselves and what mm-hmm. decisions they tend to make. I mean, it, it could be one of those things. You know, you have an event at, at either Lake Point or Swanee or whatever it is. And the surrounding schools aren't open, right? So right. you you can have a certain number of teams that go back into that mm-hmm. certain event. Whereas if North Carolina say has it, or South Carolina or, or wherever, it's, yeah. then their local schools are open and they can open up twenty courts or whatever the case may be. Right. Um, right. I, I, it's gonna be it's gonna be yeah. interesting and thing. So I, I guess that leads into my question: is once we do come back, whenever this is, you know, May, July, August, what do you think that will look like? Like, what do you think the events, what do you think, I mean, players with nobody watching, do you think it'll be everybody in masks, only a limited number? Like, what do you think that'll look like? You know, man, again, that's that's one of those deals where we, where we, 
there, there's obviously going to have to be some changes, right? Like, even down to, do you have fans? Do you not have fans? If you do have fans, can you try to position them, you know, six feet apart? Um, do you have uh, special things in place for the referee distancing-wise on the court? You know, when they get done after the game, waiting in between, waiting in between Um um, again, that that one is so multi-layered that yeah. I don't know if anyone truthfully can have a a rock style plan in place to start. Right, I think even like the way that we've handled this as a country, as a country, you have to do it and then adjust quickly. Yeah, and I think that's going to be the same thing with events. Yeah, absolutely. It'll be interesting to see how. How it comes back, obviously, me me not being the AAU event game right now anymore. Very excited to go other to other people's for events. Sure. I, you know, over the last five years, it's been strictly – Got for you. Yeah. So, I'm uh, I'm excited to get out what everybody's doing this uh, this summer yeah. and, and what it ends up looking like. I think we're all kind of stir-crazy and ready to just – yeah. It don't matter who or where or what, just to get back in a gym. <laughs> for sure. So, um, Tom, why don't you let everybody? Why don't you let everybody know where they can find you at? Let them know how they can contact you and, and what on. Yo, find me on Twitter. Uh, it's Ty Young, T A I Young. You know, feel free to tweet at me or DM me anytime. Um, I'll be honest. There are some days I'm completely checked out of it as much as possible. Because back to our previous conversation, it, it, our topic, you can kind of get kind of just wild sometimes. Yep. Um, um, but in, and then free for the email, tyoung.hoopsing.com. I know a lot of people see me full games and highlights or, or whatever it is, and anything I can do to try to stay on top of, of you guys' kids, I'm, I'm more than more than willing. So, those be the two Awesome, uh, Ty, thank you very much for coming on, everybody. Make sure that you check out uh, Ty, uh, and the Hoop Scene team, hoopscene.com for the AAU events and stuff for whenever it comes back. They do a great state of Georgia uh, covering all their kind of stuff. And Ty, you know, he has a connection. His, his reputation is high within the college coaches uh, community and all that kind of stuff. So uh, make sure you check him out and everything. Uh, Ty, thanks for coming on. No, Jamie, I appreciate you having me, man. Yeah. Absolutely. And uh, guys, again, please, before you, you get going here, uh, make sure you subscribe to the channel. Make sure that you rate us five stars and uh, leave us what you enjoyed, what you enjoyed Ty talking about. And, um, you know, if you appreciate the conversation, please be sure to share it across your as well. Uh, we would greatly appreciate that. Um, but make sure you check in next time for Ty Young. I'm the absolute basketball experience. Thank you guys very much.